to the Other Facts, Two Idiots Guide to All Things the National, on a journey to learn more about music and save their dying friendship. I'm your host, Ali Abdulatif, and with me as always is my co-host and sometimes friend, Justin Tachi. Hey! Hey! Woo! Yeah! Um, episode like, 1 of Season like 2. How... Yeah. I like how you still fucked that up. I didn't fuck it up. I took a tiny, tiny pause in the middle. Don't worry about it. I can also edit it out, but now I can't because we're talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so welcome to the show, new listeners. Welcome back, old listeners. If you're not familiar with the format of the show, we're going to start by talking about nonsense for about 10 to 15 minutes, and then we're going to talk about the album of the week, and this week's album is The National's self-titled album, The National. Which we, uh, and also for new listeners, we do go in order chronologically, so next week will be uh, Sad Songs. Yeah. Um, but we will get, keep you guys updated as we go through what the next one's going to be. Anyway, stop that nonsense, not stop that national talk for a second, and let's talk nonsense. Justin, we've been gone for a while. Let's talk, tell people what we've been up to uh, since they last heard from us, which is in December. Uh, okay, I'm trying to think, trying to think. Uh, not a lot of stuff has been going on. I work for a new company. I went to Oklahoma City for, uh, for the job, and... Uh, Oklahoma City, not fun. No? No. It's very boring. Um, I also realized that there's a lot of people in cowboy hats, and they, like, sincerely wear the cowboy hats to business meetings. Oh, that's my dream. Like, if I could wear a cowboy hat to work, that would be the greatest. Oh, I know. But it's like, it's like I thought it was just the only people that wore cowboy hats were idiots at cowboy con- uh, cowboy cons- uh, country concerts and you. But apparently... It's fucking like like the guy who runs the plant comes with the big belt buckle and fucking uh fucking cowboy hat. That's that's his like attire every day. I love it. Also, Middle America listeners, all two of you, <laughs> I stand by you guys. Fuck Justin's opinions. Uh no, it is ridiculous. Um I went to London over uh our break and that was cool. And I saw Hamilton. I know no one cares. None of our listeners are Broadway people. You're not a Broadway person, but I'm still talking about it. Yeah, but like it's funny because of how much you love Hamilton and you literally haven't talked about it, which clearly means that it was below your expectations. No, I, it was great. It was awesome. I think the the actor that played Aaron Burr was not my favorite, which is hard because that's such a major part of the musical. Uh, but I think everyone else in the cast did a great job. The choreography was amazing. It was it was great to finally get to see it happen live. Is it as good as having seen the original cast, which I have not done? No, but I still really appreciated getting to go to see it. I went to London with my sister, Reem, who gets talked about a lot on the podcast. Hey, Reem. She's a listener as well. Hi, Reem. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> and uh fuck you maram she doesn't listen she do- can't hear you oh <laughs> uh, well marine will tell maram <laughs> sure okay well <laughs> and you know who definitely listens to the podcast sada <laughs> okay justin's just dropping si- my siblings names <laughs> only one of them listens so this has like been a waste of a task anyway uh other things um i don't know have we l- run out of things to talk about I don't know. We're pretty boring people now. Um, yeah, that's true. Also, I was just recently in Boston, so we got to like actually catch up in person, and we did not record that. So, And we wasted all the podcast gold. <laughs> so much podcast gold wasted. This is why the friendship was put on pause, is so that we can leave some stuff for the podcast, but we suck. 
Yeah. Well, I did see Mineral with George last night, so that was cool. I saw Ooh. Mineral. I um, have no idea who Mineral over. are. Uh, Mineral is a seminal uh, emo band from the mid-90s. They were a band from 1993 to 1997, and um, they performed their 25-year anniversary uh, tour. Butch, okay, let's discuss this, because I think, you know what? That I got some nonsense. Let's talk about this. Cool. Hit if me a up. band is only a band for like a certain amount of years, doesn't the anniversary not count? Like, isn't that like, what American football's whole thing was? They only did the thing for like six months and then they came back on their anniversary, being like, "We're back." <laughs> but that's what I mean. I, I'm not. I'm not arguing for them. I never argued for them. I'm just curious. Like you dragged me to their you... show. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, you do. Well, no, but there's this difference between saying it's the 10 year anniversary of your album. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But 25 year anniversary of your band. You were a band for four years. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I think it makes sense to do the anniversary of the album, but the anniversary of the band, if the band is dead, <laughs> is kind of weird. I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah, like, I don't think a band should be able to be celebrated, like, for an anniversary if they've been inactive for most, more than half of that length of time. Yeah, as soon as this podcast ends, we're not celebrating the anniversary of this podcast ever. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> well, we're active, though. Well, for now, we're active. We have, like, another, like, two weeks in us before this friendship, like, de- degrades and we have to start over with someone new. Yeah, but... To be fair, um, well, I don't know. We're making that sweet, sweet, sweet Amazon money, so who knows? Oh, yeah. You know what? Let's do it right now so I don't have to throw it into the top of the show. Amazon, this episode is brought to you by Amazon.com. Guys, go to we have the facts, uh, no, wehavethefacts.podbean.com and click on the Amazon banner or the Amazon link there or go to our Twitter or our Instagram at thefactspod. There's an Amazon link on there, too. It's the same low Amazon prices you guys are used to, but now we get a bit of a kickback from them. Which is noise. Which literally costs you nothing. It just helps us keep the lights on here. And, uh, you know, at least as the friendship burns, we uh, can prof- uh, not profit from it, but at least not lose money. Yeah, last episode I said we're going to take money out of Jeff Bezos' pocket. And I don't know if we're allowed to say that, so... <laughs> <laughs> may have fucked up we might well, lose our fair, Amazons to be fair he's been taking things out of a lot of people's pockets and therefore his wife is taking half of his money now so we're good oh <laughs> you know what it's I don't think a good sign that we are making fun of the CEO of our sponsorship <laughs> we are not good businessmen and this podcast is going to fail uh, DIY baby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, if you want to sponsor the show, reach out to us because uh, we might lose our sponsor soon. <laughs> and we'll shit all over you if you really want that too. Yeah, it's <laughs> we'll give times. an honest interpretation of your product rather than being like, I like how every podcast is like, I have this very exciting opportunity that I've been like, whatever. And like, and it's so fake because like they'll even do a product that's about the same. Uh, like the competitor like two weeks later so it's like it's almost like as if like we were like i'm really excited to share about coca-cola with you and then two weeks later we're like pepsi (laughs) (laughs) well i mean to be fair as soon as another company wants to start sponsoring us we will uh, immediately give in so like casper lisa mattress whatever you are hit us up we'll even take sleepies (laughs) 
I like how Mark Marin talks about how the box opens. I really wanted to buy one just to see the box opening because apparently that's very exciting. Have you ever bought one of those IKEA mattresses that are also like vacuum sealed? Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, I that also like when yeah. we picked yours up mm-hmm. that, after that's also you know you didn't let me buy the bowl. We I don't know if we've told the story of the bowl on the podcast before. Would you like to tell the story of the bowl? Oh, it's such a crap story because of a crap product. <laughs> Basically, long story short, um, uh, a friend of the uh, a friend of uh, Ali's asked me because I have a car to drive to IKEA to go help him take some stuff back to Boston, and I did it. So then they said that uh, that they would let me buy anything I wanted, and I wanted to buy this very annoying ceramic bowl. It's Ali a useless bowl. It's it. not a good bowl. It has like a lot of weird ridges to where food can get stuck. It's not, you can't use it to put any real food. And Justin kept suggesting food items to put in it. It's like a cast iron bowl that's very artsy and I'm all about it. It's and like a centerpiece in the it. living room, not a food bowl. But Justin was like, we can put chips in it. We can put salsa <laughs> in it. But to be fair, it also was made out of cast iron and you could definitely kill somebody with it. Hundred percent. So then, so then Ali had to actually go to IKEA and actually bought me the bowl. And little did he know, he put, put the nail in his coffin, and then a game was born called the bowl, where we put the bowl in very inopportune places and very annoying places that you will that the person will find later. Like for instance, in your pillow, <laughs> in the shower, <laughs> in the toilet. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, it's nice living alone and not having to deal with that. <laughs> All right. Well, now that we've said the bowl story, would you like to type in? Would you like to talk about the? Uh, by the way, somebody uh, before we talk about uh, self-titled, let's talk about the fact that apparently we don't pronounce uh, the lead singer's name right. Yes, it's Matt Berninger, not Matt Berenger. Berninger. Berninger. Um, A listener pointed this out to us on Twitter. Hit us up on Twitter at the facts pod and uh, And referenced a link uh, where he says it himself. And it is Matt Berninger. I don't like that. That that doesn't sound right. But anyway. Yes, but your name is Justin Tachi and you spell it like Tossi. (laughs) Double C in Italian. C-H, baby. Okay, sure. (laughs) By the way, I like saying baby now, kind of like... Oh, uh, God, the, that's the worst. And the, re- and the reason I say it that way is because it's kind of like how Yogi Bear says it, like, boo-boo. <laughs> so, it's very exciting stuff. Enough um, of the nonsense. Let's talk about the National. Yeah, all right. Um, so, as uh, for new listeners, we kind of give uh, our first impressions of the record. Um, well, not first impression, but like our impression of the record as a whole at first. And then we go track by track, and then we give, um, we say our favorite tracks and our least favorite tracks. Yep. All right, Ali, how did you feel about self-titled? Okay, I mean, it's a interesting thing to start off with, I think, because like while it is their first album, I think it's the furthest thing from what they sound like right now. It's it's not the complete band yet. Um, Who's missing from this album? Someone's not on this album. Right, right. Bryce isn't in the album. Bryce isn't in the album. You get this weird kind of like country-like sound to it. It's a lot more folksy than their other stuff. Um, But I like it because it kind of gives you something like a 
an origin story for them. You kind of see a lot of the lyrics that like they later will echo throughout their songs. You kind of get some of the feelings and like the the energy that they will carry through. I think it's an average album if this was the only album put out. However, I think in the arc that is the Nationals uh, storyline, I think it, it plays a good role. Uh, I think there's some stuff but that might be I, forgotten in the album that are that's pretty good, I think, in my opinion. I think one thing that's interesting about the record as a whole, so one, like you said before, um, uh, Aaron Destner wrote most of the, the music for the record. If, mm-hmm. if not all of it, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty sure he wrote most of it at least. And um, Bryce's brother didn't join the band until after this album, and they actually recorded this album before ever playing a show. Okay. So they literally have never, like, which I've never heard of. <laughs> like, that's crazy. At least, like, some bands will do maybe an EP or a 7-inch or something and, mm-hmm. like, put that out to, like, tour with or something and be like, hey, we're playing shows and here's some music. But no, this is like, hey, let's make a 45-minute record. Like, that's pretty ballsy. So um, as a whole, I think it's a good start. I think, to your point, I think it just sounds like an average indie record. But, I mean, it gives you, knowing knowing what the National will deliver in the future, you kind of can see all the beginnings of what will become. The only thing that I will agree with you on is that I don't understand the country twang, because that does not show up ever again. Yeah, I think the the lyrics, I th- you know what, I think some of the country twang, not the same in the same way, it's not a little bit more folksy, but in sad songs, you get some like folk in it a little bit. Yeah, but I I think you don't get the uh, I guess your point folk is still there, but not twang. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's definitely so. it's definitely a lot weirder. It's it's definitely very different. But I think there are certain songs that get dismissed because this album in general gets dismissed. But I think there are some songs that are pretty good on here that like could stand up. Yeah, I think I, I think as a collection of songs, it's a it's a pretty decent record. I mean, nothing really is like cohesive in anything in this um but i think also we got to come from the standpoint that it's i mean this is essentially a demo <laughs> like yeah. you know what i mean if if you really think about it which is like if you think about it that way that's a pretty incredible demo yeah i agree i mean obviously studio it's studio produced and everything but what i'm saying is just from this from the standpoint of like this is what like them as a at first as a band just put out that's it like you didn't even know who this band is this is the national. Here's our record. Yeah, I'll also say like I didn't know any of these songs before starting to listen to this album. So like I I've, I know the national decently, and like none of these songs were like at all in my uh, like list of songs I know or care about. Yeah, uh, it, or in your radar. Like for me, like I've listened to the record before just because I'm a pretty I consider myself a pretty big national fan, but like I don't really go back to these songs at all or really anything so um it was interesting to like really listen to the record like i probably listened to it about like four or five times at least before like writing some notes down and taking you know you know going track by track so yeah i guess with that let's uh dive into the first track beautiful head all right beautiful head you're walking taller than you should Lovely. 
beautiful head. Thoughts? Uh, so this song as a whole is very catchy, I would say. Yeah. Um, which is weird for the national. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I don't know. How That's fair. It. Yeah. That's, <laughs> um, because nothing, I mean, maybe until like the newest record, like day I die. Um, I feel like most of the like tracks, you know, you have to give it a second, third listen before you really like can embrace the track. And, um, this is pretty straightforward. It's just like kind of comes in slow and then builds up and then gives you a nice catchy chorus that just keeps going. Yeah, I, I like this song. I I like this song as a beginning for a record. Um, it's not like my favorite song on this album, but I thought like it puts you in the mood. Like if you've never heard of The National before, which no one has before listening to this record when it first dropped, I think this is a good introduction for what you'll hear in this album, not in their career, but like it kind of sets the tone for the album. It gives you that, oh, we're an indie rock uh, country, like kind of twang in us uh, band. And that's what it sets you up for in a very good and interesting way, I think. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, one thing I will say to, to to add to the point of the twang that I think is interesting, because I think later on in the career, um, not that I think, I know this, um, Aaron Dessner and Bryce Dessner also curate a Grateful Dead covers album for, uh, I believe it's for uh, AIDS, uh, an AIDS organization, um, AIDS Relief, and so I can see if they really were trying to push the envelope to be more like a Grateful Dead kind of jammy band kind of thing, then I can kind of see that, why mm -hmm. that's in the sound. Yeah, and um, I think this album in general has this kind of like breakup-y feel. Um, a lot of the songs are like about the very end of a relationship, like the moment a relationship ends or like maybe a little bit after that. Um, and like this yeah. song kind of goes in well with that. It kind of like starts up that whole um, theme. So that's yeah. That's it good. almost seems like we're kind of dealing with the beginning of the end. Yeah. In this track. So yeah, exactly. All right. Let's go into uh, cold girl fever. Cold girl fever. Old girl fever. I actually very much like this track. Um, I think that it kind of gives you the precursor to what is going to come on Alligator. Mm -hmm. um, I can see this track being on there. Um, I like the weird synth, like 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 uh, like in between um, the drum beats. Uh, I think those are kind of fun and just add like a layer that's that I wouldn't I wouldn't have noticed like wouldn't have put there if I were uh, coordinating a song together. Um, yeah. I mean, one line that I like in particular is uh, what are you for now that, that I have that I have hardcore. Um, I don't, I, I think that that's a very interesting take. Um, but yeah, just like as a whole, I mean, it's, it sounds like the song is kind of dancing upon the fact that the, partner in the relationship is having you know just just a miser like is having a miserable fit for a little bit yeah i um 
so I don't know how to interpret the song exactly like what the lyrics mean. And like, there's a couple songs like this throughout the the, the album that I, I think I didn't, I didn't hundred percent get, but I like the, 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 the title cold, cold girl fever. And in my opinion, at least it's like, she's like distant and cold and like not giving him what he needs in the relationship. Yeah. I mean, I also feel like it's something like she, has something on her own and maybe even if you were to try to fix the problem it's just simply like she's just internalizing it and doesn't want to exp- express it yeah I, th- I think it's an interesting that, song it's definitely uh it, it, it's like so far i'm on board with this album it's not the national that you later get to know well but i think it's kind of like watching like an early wes anderson movie and i'm like like talking Rushmore, it's, or even Bottle Cap. Yeah, it's of, the Bottle Rocket. It's the Bottle, bottle rock. Rocket of, so, of, yeah, bottle of rocket's the National. National. That's basically yes. what this record is. Exactly. It's You kind of see a lot of like those the themes that'll come in later, but you it's not what you would identify as that person right now. Yeah, it's not the stylized mm-hmm. craziness that is Wes Anderson now, where yeah. is what we would expect from a National record. Exactly. With, uh, but... Uh, this song also does lay down the groundwork for just incoherent lyrics that you kind of don't understand, but you get the feeling anyway. Yeah, exactly. And that's definitely something they're very good at, which is like, you can dig and interpret in a hundred different ways. And like, but you know, you can tell immediately what the feeling he's conveying is, you know, the purpose of the song without necessarily knowing what he means by each line. Exactly. So it's because sometimes it just feels like a weird dream sequence that like doesn't necessarily matter, but it's just the theme that matters. Exactly. So. All right. Well, All uh, right. now uh, let's go to uh, the perfect song. Nine years older than I was when I brought you down to see what I thought would make you fall in love. We're an old canal with dreams Someday, man, I'm gonna be no different than the other rivers I tried to look at you, but I couldn't break the ice You stood out there for an hour freezing You put your hand around my back, I guess you thought I needed that Perfect song Yeah, I mean, I I think this track gives you the first taste of uh, rambling uh, incoherence I actually think it's not rambling incoherence. I actually think he tells a pretty succinct and like good story with this one. Um, it kind of reminds me of like kind of those like old folk songs, like just a guy on a guitar telling a story that's like personal and heartbreaking and it, like it, a Woody Guthrie type deal. Yeah, and it really works for me. Yeah, no, I this is uh, I, I will say, and also like you can also I feel like he feels more comfortable on this track because it's definitely the more lyrical style that he's used to delivering yeah. at least later in his career. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that this track kind of conveys more from a place of what he wants to do. Yeah, exactly. And um, at least my interpretation of the song in, or the story he's telling is that he's in a relationship with this person and it's not going well and it's on the cusp of ending and he's just trying to write or sing this like perfect song to them that'll fix everything. But th- there's that, that song doesn't exist, you know? Yeah, because sometimes it's just, you know, shit's, shit's going to fucking pop off and it doesn't, it, it is what it is. Yeah, and it, it kind of, it has like something very real to it where 
you know, you're obsessing over like the fact that, oh, I can do this one thing and it'll fix everything. And you're like, mm, no, you can't. And, and this is definitely yeah. that feeling, I think. Yeah, no. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that this, you know, I, I think this song is in the lyrical content. This is, in my opinion, this track sounds like the most comfortable for him. Oh, I agree. So, all right, let's go on to American Mary. Give my jewel to the army, my silverware and jeans. Give my love to your family, tell them anything. Give yourself to anyone, give yourself away. Don't be a night girl. For anyone with space to fill If I could I'd be your star again And fall across your falling sky American Mary Um, so, not the biggest fan of this one It just, to me, comes off as like a Just a generic country kind of song And it doesn't really impress me yeah, I mean, I know that they like this song a lot because or at least the name of it because they a lot of their um band imagery and um their fan club is called the American Mary. So That's fair. I, 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 I don't get it. I don't though. know. Yeah, I don't get the connection really why this this connects well with them so much, but um I yeah, I mean, I I, I think the track is very um one note and doesn't really have any dynamic factor to, for me that I'm that excited that I want to listen to this track again. That's fair. All right. So you just want to move on then? Yeah, son. See what I did there? Shut your poor mouth. Follow me, son The wind will wrap around you Carry you from the ground You will never be alone Your weight will turn to sunlight It's falling on a girl Who's still inside Yeah, so I feel like this track was literally built around the fact that like he's like someone in the studio is just drumming on something and they're like, All right, do that still and then and then, and then just come in with like a generic chord progression and then like let's do it. So it's... I I actually like the song. I don't get more than American Mary, but it's, I just think it's funny that like it just sounds so simple. And... I I like it in the sense that it's a very mood heavy song. Like it's not an everyday song. It's not like a just generally like you know take around with you all day song but it feels very like country shoegazy <laughs> yeah I, i'll give you that yeah like yeah. I, I enjoy it i think it's it's just, like you know i when i first heard it, it wasn't about it and then you know like it'll because like i've listened to this album for two weeks now like just on and off 
And every once in a while, it'll hit you in the right mood, and you're kind of like, oh, I'm feeling it. I'm, I'm feeling it right now. Yeah. Yeah, no. That's what, I, uh, that's what I think happened in the studio. They're like, I'm feeling this beat. Let's do it. And then just like, mm. <laughs> so, but um, yeah. So, all right, let's go on to uh, Pay For Me. Pay For Me. I thought I'd come and see you And you're long and lazy scene Giving stage direction Finger in a magazine I call you what I need you I can't get used to your new name Send about a double Over with your keys She'll see you in an hour Everybody quiet please Essex house is down the road The actors want to be alone Pay for me, Justin. Uh, something that uh you don't see a lot on national tracks is a prominent backup vocal, um, which I actually dig here, and I think it works out pretty well. Um, I think this song could have fit very well on the Cherry Tree uh, EP. Um, it kind of sounds like uh, dolled up in straps. Mm-hmm. Um, they were very reminiscent of that. Obviously, this track came first. I would, I would assume. Mm-hmm. Um, but I very much like the song. I think, uh, I mean, it has that twang and and definitely have that slide guitar in there. So definitely hit those folk notes. But uh, I'm very. I, I think this is a stronger track on this record. Yeah, it's one of my favorites on the record. Um, we haven't hit my favorite quite yet, but it's it's definitely one I really enjoy. Uh, my interpretation of the song uh, is someone with a woman that's far more successful than him. And it's kind of this feeling of her starting to become disinterested, him becoming like disillusioned with the relationship and this weird kind of tension between that. But she's still, you know, paying for him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like it. I, I think it, uh, it definitely has a spot in the pantheon for me of great national songs. Yep. All right. Bitter is an absolute, which, by the way, sounds gross. Your bottom lip is bleeding. I cut it on your collarbone. Go on, go back to sleep. Sugar, who are you thinking now? You woke me with your breathing. Honey, how am I supposed to tell? Bitter's an absolute. So, uh, this is—I like the song. Uh, this song is kind of a dick song, though. It definitely is. I do you better than you do. <laughs> Which I—I I don't know if it's like kind of. I thought mid- he said I knew you better than you do. Oh, I thought it was. Uh, oh, yeah. No, no, no. You're right. I'm sorry. I, I don't know. I might be wrong. I didn't check the lyrics yeah, or anything. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's I do you better than you do because I think what it's relating to is the fact that he knows her so well and she doesn't know herself mm-hmm. that like, he's just like in this infinite loop of just like, I already know what the outcome is going to be like, what's the point? And then he's just like sharp tonguing, like, like, you know, just like, Oh, the sharp tongue on this track. So like, I get that feeling, which like, I think that's kind of cool, but um, it's definitely like kind of a dig track. That's fair. That's fair. Um, it's, it's, called bitters and absolute and it feels to me like the drunkest song on this album not in a bad way 
Yeah, I mean, also it has a female female backup vocal, which uh, yeah, that's also I think a first and only and only if if I'm not mistaken. No, I think there might be. Uh, you know, what? I'm not not pulling it right now. We'll find out. <laughs> yeah, we'll find out. You know what? The fans will tweet at us and Instagram us and uh, tell us how wrong we are later. We'll worry about that when we get to it. How much they hate us, too. Yeah. But until then, let's talk about John Starr. I wanted to show you John Starr And lay down with you and straw John Starr. So do you just like this track because they say a Beatles song? I think the, so I think this song (laughs) is about one of them loves the Beatles and one of them loves the Rolling Stones. 100%. That's literally the argument. They had an argument (laughs) about who's better. (laughs) Um, Also, doesn't this have a little bit of a, a female backing? I might be wrong. It doesn't. If it does, it's slight. It's not prominent. That's what I mean by the other one was like a prominent. Yeah. Like, okay. Anyway. Vocal. Anyway, I might be also be wrong, and I'm just hearing it in my head. Um, but it. You do do that. I do do that often. Anyway, I think it's it's not a funny song, but I think it's the funniest premised song. They have. Yeah, because especially coming from a place where like most of his lyrics are always like meaningful and like whatever. But I feel like this is definitely just like, hey, I have this really good riff and everything. And it's like, well, we need lyrics over it. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you can derive like a larger meaning to it about like how you can like feel so uh, simpatico with someone. Like this is like going so well and we connect so well. And then there's like one difference that makes you realize that the whole thing was kind of like just a charade like this one difference highlights all the other differences and the whole thing starts to unravel and that's the argument between are you a Beatles or a Stones person uh or you can be like me and carry the torch of neither and just say Pink Floyd's better than both uh or you can be like me and be like they're all great and I don't know why you need to fight about it because love the Beatles and love the Stones it's okay to be wrong Yeah, Justin, um, I'll allow you to be wrong because we fought about this in the last season and we don't need to bring it over to this season. All right, let's go on. Watching you well. You stand up, holding yourself. Little moon is coming in the room. You stand up very still. Like you were in the arms of everyone you ever wanted I was watching you well Watching you well Yeah, um uh, So I think Aaron Desser kind of wanted to have a country album I don't know what the fuck what happened with the song <laughs> yeah i'm not a fan of this song i uh, i think the the lyrics in the beginning are kind of, they open pretty like strong for me but like the song itself doesn't connect with me like musically at all 
uh, and therefore I don't get invested in it. And then later on, the I, lyrics also drop off, and I kind of, in general, go eh, about it. I feel like this is a very like I don't even understand why this track's on the record. Like I don't get it. Like I don't think it's like a bad song. I think it's just very well on. It's not very well matched lyrically to the music. It almost like seems like it could have been an instrumental or uh, or might as well kept it a um, fucking uh, spoken word poem. Like, I don't I don't get it. You know what's surprising to me so far? We've been like landing song by song and like kind of for the most part agreeing about them, which is insane because we did not do this when we were going through the death gap once. Well, that's because you're wrong. <laughs> I think it's because we have, like, less of an investment, especially with this album, that we're both kind of like, oh, we like these ones and we don't like these ones upon first listen, whereas those ones have, like, a lot of history connected, so when I shit on something you didn't like, you would revolt. I mean, that's fair, but I also feel like, I don't know, I feel like The National is something that we kind of agree upon, so it's kind of, like, we're almost like... I don't know if this season is going to be as successful because of the fact that no one can shit on you this season. Oh, I'm sure I'll find a song that I hate that people love. Like, I'm waiting for my... Fuck, what was that called? The one that everyone loved from Death Cab and I hated? Well, oh, um... Fuck. Uh... (laughs) Highway! Yeah, I'm sure everyone's gonna fucking email us or text us or, you know... (laughs) message us about yeah. this but oh pictures in exhibition oh well, yeah that's not, not that song but it, that was another song you that hated, was that pictures, was, in exhibition. pictures in exhibition was the one that like i think i got the most amount of shit for yeah because it's on the first two it's on the demo and it's on uh something about airplanes and it's definitely probably a high regarded in the, in the catalog yeah well whatever we're not talking about um we're not talking about death cab today we are talking about the national and Let's talk about the theory of crows. When crybabies cry in the United States, bright white on both sides, like a plate. Nobody listens, nobody should. That'd be a waste of attention. I mean, one line that just kind of just sums up the track is, I guess that's what assholes get, so. <laughs> yeah, it's. I, I really like this song. This is my favorite song off the album. Uh, we'll summarize in the end which ones we loved and which ones we hated, but I this one's definitely my wow. favorite. Wow! Yeah. Normally I don't let that out until the end. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm calling it right now. It is definitely my favorite. It's. I love the vibe of it. It's a little bit different than anything else on the album. A lot of it can get a little bit samesy. But this one, you know, distinguished itself for me. Yeah, I mean, the delay pedal is real cool on it. I think that uh, I think it's uh, I mean, it's definitely just like understanding his snark and how much of a dick he is and like putting it into like the fact of like like he gets where he's coming. Like he understands where where he's coming from sometimes is not the best. So. Yeah, but it's, it's also like kind of like, you know, complaining about like wherever he's working at the I, I, this kind of like. I mean, I don't know what his job was before he he started the band, but it sounds like a complaint about like, fuck this job, I hate this job, and I'm being an asshole, and I'm getting what an asshole deserves, kind of. 
And like, yeah, he's, exactly. He's like burning his, his, his time for his career that he doesn't really believe in or enjoy. And I, I you know, I get it. Yeah, no, I mean, we all got to put in the sacrifice sometimes to try to achieve what we want. Exactly. Um, like how I do this podcast, even though I hate it and I waste so much time on it. And like, I'd rather not. All right. 29 years. Tell me enchantment, I say goodbye. Another girl named Disillusionment. Could you tell her I made the headlines? This boy draws wings on everything. Could you tell her the check the headlines? 29 years. So this track just seems like a weird interlude. <laughs> Here's the thing. I <laughs> don't bridges the track. I don't mind this track. Like I like the way it sounds. Um, the lyrics I think are dumb. And then he gets into the repetitive thing at the end. And overall, like it pulled me out of enjoying it. First of all, I don't like its placement. I will say like the penultimate song doesn't, this doesn't feel like a penultimate song. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, though, I will say this. I mean, I guess in terms of the track itself, I'm not super a fan. It's not like I'm going to throw this track on and be like, 29 years, woo! But um, I do like the fact that it is later called out on the record Boxer in the song uh, Slow Show. Okay. So he, he does say, like, I've been I'm missing you for 29 years. I don't, you know, I've been waiting for you for 29 years. And it's like... So I'm pretty sure it's referring to his then uh, his becoming his wife. Um, I'm not sure if he's married. I don't think he's married at this point in this record. But um, yeah. So, but yeah, I, I, I for that one cool fact, I kind of like the track, but I'm not I'm not invested in the song at all. I don't think it's necessarily a bad track. I think it's a stylistic choice. Um, but I think it's a bridging of the gap between the second, the third to last song to the last song. Um, but I don't think in any way it's my favorite song by any means. I like the sound of it. I just wish it had kind of more substance to it. That's fair. I mean, yeah. I, I, I think it also adds to the fact, I, I don't know. I kind of like the fact that it's kind of got nothing to say because I feel like it kind of adds to the fact that it's just kind of like a filler. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, like right. filler in a good way, not filler in a bad way. That's you fair. Know what I mean, well, let's hear some from Anna Freud. For you. I don't want to turn it on. It only makes me sad for you. I know you can play piano. That was just a talent show. They'll never know you like I know you. Never wanted you to go. In a two-piece suit In a dead location On a dying sea You gave the loners A full salute Texas brought them To their knees Indiana Anna Freud Hey So this track Um Is interesting Cause I mean I like how he paints This picture Of Living in a shadow Through this 
I mean, I guess famous person, if you would say, but almost. I mean, it is know. a famous person. So for those who don't know, Anna Freud is the daughter of Sigmund Freud, who also worked in psychoanalysis after her father died. But like, how do you reach the top? I mean, Sigmund Freud is, you know, is the for you know godfather of psychoanalysis so I, I i i guess it's just kind of a cool way to play the uh stepping in the shadow kind of thing yeah no i think it's it's definitely cool like interesting way to tell that story or like to convey that emotion is through this story um it's it's definitely an interesting and unique way to go about it i thought it's it's a pretty good song um, I will reserve both my feelings about Sigmund Freud and Anna Freud uh, from this podcast because um, I'm not here to whip out my uh, bachelor's in psychology to discuss this. <laughs> because, yes, I do have a bachelor's in psychology, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you're getting your master's. <laughs> the least, the least impressive thing. Well, it's both in neuroscience and in psychology. I have two bachelor's degrees, but whatever. And that's why you're getting a master's. (laughs) Exactly. I've wasted a lot of my life, just like uh, I think both Anna and Sigmund Freud wasted their lives. But cool, cool, cool. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't think this track is, like, the best way to end. If anything, I would have thought it would have been better to end with um, uh, Theory of the Crows. Yeah, I agree. That would have been a strong ending. Um, But, yeah, I I don't think for, for... Frankly, I don't think they were going for a cohesive record on this. I think they were just going with this is what we could sound like and then saw what people gravitated towards and then kind of. I think the song in the middle of the album would have been fine. It would have like just blended into the middle of it. I don't know why they chose to end with it. Yeah, I don't think it necessarily ex- exclaims a point or anything that why they why they needed to do it this way. So, all right. Top tracks, least favorite tracks. Okay, my favorites were Theory of the Crows, Sun, and The Perfect Song. Least favorite, my- probably American Mary and um, Watching You Well. Yeah, I didn't like that one. Watching You Well. Least favorite track for me, Watching You Well. Um, and favorite tracks are John Starr, Perfect Song. Cold Girl Fever, and you know what? I, I think Theory of the Crows is, is I think it's more of a mood track for me, but I think it's definitely a very, it conveys a very interesting story, so. Yeah. Um, I will also give an on, honorable mention to Pay For Me, because I think it's also a really good song, but whatever. Yeah, so, I mean, I think for a first record, for a momentous band that The National has become, I think that this is a strong release. I don't think it should really... I think it's just, if anything, it is the Anna Freud of their releases. Oh, 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 what? what, what, what? <laughs> Wait, pause the podcast. Did you all see what he did there? Why? Uh, this is such a trash podcast. Why does anyone listen to us? <laughs> and because we can't afford air horn noises, I'm about to do it with my mouth. Oh, please bam, don't. Bam, bam. Oh, God, that was terrible. Okay, so uh, transitioning out of that what have you been listening to watching enjoying consuming that you want to recommend to the people uh so i've been listening to conan o'brien's podcast um conan needs a friend uh i think it's very interesting and i thought it was going to be trash but it's actually pretty good um also 
the guest he had this week is another comedian that I listened to his comedy album, which is on Spotify. And also he released the one hour. It's his first hour special, Giggle Fit. His name is Ron Funches. Yeah, Funches of Funches. Yeah. So um, I saw him open for um, TJ Miller, and I actually liked him more than TJ Miller. And um, I think that he's a very funny comedian, and it has an interesting take on things. Um, Music-wise, I have been listening to a lot of Mineral because I was seeing Mineral, and I needed to catch back up on my Mineral. All right. Uh, I won't repeat Conan or you? I won't repeat Conan or Ron, just so I don't step on your foot there. I will say. Oh, is that what you were gonna? No, 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 no. I actually wasn't. Um, I was gonna say. Um, I've been listening to. I think I've plugged them once before on the podcast, but the big ones, which is a great podcast, they're about to launch their own podcast network called Erios. You guys should hit them up and let them know that we sent you because they're awesome girls who do a great podcast, and I'm really supportive of their network. Uh, I just watched Band Aid. They should invite us to be on their network. Their network is female only. It's the first female only network. You're kind of a lady. I mean, yeah, sure, but I don't think it's a big enough sell. <laughs> um, <laughs> I watched the movie Band Aid, which is uh, a really good movie. Uh, it's from like 2017. It's Fred Armisen and um, a- Adam Pally and um, God, I remember, I forget the actress's name, Zoe something. Zoe Lester Jones, maybe, um, but she, she they, all three of them were very good in it, and it's like this couple that's breaking up, and they decide to play songs about their fights instead of doing the fights themselves, and it like helps them stay together. Uh, that's fair. Yeah, they put out an EP based on the the movie, and the first song is trash. Mood is trash, but other songs on there are worth listening. The album is called Dirty Dishes. You guys should check it out. Skip the first song. Uh, I also saw Blind Spotting over the holidays. Blind Spotting is a great movie. There are also two EPs made based on that. You should guys check them out as well. And I've been listening a lot to Saint Linux, who is a great musician who I've really been enjoying. Oh, also, you should uh, watch the new season of Grace and Frankie because I love that show. Ali uh, has something weird because he fucking hates Lily Tomlin and I don't understand why. I don't know why I dislike Lily Tomlin a lot and I love Jane Fonda a lot, which seems to be like the opposite reaction of a lot of people on the Internet. But like Jane Fonda is a goddess and Lily Tomlin is trash. Uh yeah, I mean, to be fair, not a lot of people like the Jane Fonda because of the whole, you know, communist tank thing. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, uh, I've also been listening to, uh, because of our guest last week, go check out that interview. It was pretty great. Joey Cahill from 6131 Records. Uh, they have put out an album for the band Warriors, and I've been listening to that album uh, a lot recently, and I've been really enjoying it. It's a pretty cool sound. Yeah, Survival Pop, right? Yeah, Survival Pop. I really like that album. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, they're a great band. Uh, uh, I believe, I want to say Laura Jane Grace from uh, Against Me produced, I don't think it's a pop, but the record before that. So they definitely have some really cool uh, um, things in work and, and have worked on really some cool things. Definitely a band worth checking out. Um, yeah, and they, and they just went on tour with uh, Bouncing Souls and they fucking opened for uh, Gaslight Anthem. So if anyone's got street cred, they fucking got it, baby. Um, I'm, a, I'm just going to keep saying baby. I, you I also like rambled that real fast right there. That was very fast. Why? I don't know. It came all at once and it was like a lot of rambling. Anyway. <laughs> Why? Because I just rattle off bands that you don't know anything about? 
Anyway, um, so guys, please subscribe to the show. Support season two. We really appreciate the support. Spread the word. We want to hit a thousand subscribed listeners by the end of the year for this season. And we think we can make it. And we would love for you guys to show your support. Also, uh, use the um, uh, our advertisers link for Amazon to show them that you support the show, which helps them support us. Um, you can yes, follow and us. It doesn't cost you a dime to do it. Also, you can also fo- uh, where you can also find that link is on our Twitter and our, our Instagram at the facts pod. Also, we love hearing your comments and also how much you hate us at we have the facts pod at gmail.com. Um, yeah, you can tell us things that I pronounce wrong because I do that a lot. And uh, correct us because uh, we we have a podcast called We Have the Facts, but we claim to have none of the facts. Yes. Also, um, for some reason, iTunes rankings matter. So go on there and rank us on iTunes. You can rank us terribly. Apparently, just the number of rankings matter more than the actual ranking you give us. We'd love for you to give us five stars. Don't get me wrong. But if you hate the show, don't let that deter you from ranking us. <laughs> and leave a comment. Yeah. I still love the woman that literally never commented on anything and made an account just to comment on how much she hated our podcast. Yeah, the millennials are the worst. You can also go to our Instagram and find a picture of that comment that Justin Screen Captain put on there. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just love the because, like, honestly, the amount of visceral hate, like, that's amazing that we were able to put that. Like, you know how people like to spread joy. I like to just. <laughs> spread hate sometimes that is true that is very you yeah not in like a weird shitty way but just like in a fun way (laughs) (laughs) all right i guess as as the wheels are falling off this fucking thing right now i guess i'll say bye guys uh thank you and uh we will be back next week with our episode two uh where we will be going over sad songs which is the second studio album from the band the national all right, let's leave you, them with a song. Justin, do you have anything you want to recommend them? Uh, I mean, I'm cool with if you wanted to put like uh, a bit from Ron Punch's Giggle Fit from Spotify, or you can put up a song. Yeah, I think we'll put up a song instead because I don't know how that works. Anyway, let's do a song. Um, I'm going to say something from St. Linux. Um, do you want a song about Thurgood Marshall or about uh, rich kids not being better than you? Uh, Thurgood Marshall sounds good. Thurgood Marshall is our song from St. Linux. Uh, Enjoy, and we'll hear you guys uh, next week, or you'll hear us next week. Love you. Bye. Bye. Don't you?
I want to be inspired and mystified by the law. Bye. 